Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Hertz Business Radio. Before we get started, I've been reminded that we do have a special offer at www.everlastboxing.com.au for a 20% discount at checkout. Just put in the code HBR Everlast 20. That's HBR Everlast 20. I'm joined by the classy one, Ben Damon. Ben, nailed that. You nailed that. Mickey. Oh, thanks. That I've been, I've been brilliant. Practicing. That's my favorite part of the show. We can wrap up now. All right, Dom, I'm just going to leave. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> I'll get in here. What did you think, Jade, out of 10? What did you think of Mickey's performance? Uh, from a one to northern suburbs, I reckon it was a, it was a nine. How close to the airport was he? <laughs> oh man, I think he was in the um, in the drop offs for sure. But um, no, it was very, it was good, Mickey. I think you've improved a lot. Your pronunciation was quite quite uh, impressive, mate. Good, good stuff. Yeah, it's been brought to my attention. I do sound very northern suburbs, so no, I'm trying to work on that. That's all good, mate. <laughs> you just be you. You be you, Mickey. Um, oh look, but uh, yeah. Good, uh, plenty to talk about. Um, we've got a couple of pay-per-view events coming up uh, in this month of August, two in the uh, space of two and a half mm-hmm. weeks, so that's exciting, and some good fights have just happened. Jade's got a bit of news, so that's uh, yeah, all happening. And, of course, the code HBR Everlast 20 is uh, still in force. Exciting. Until November, correct? I don't know. Okay. No, it, is, it is until November, cool. lads, until November. HBR Everlast 20. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Let's move on. HBR Everlast 20. All right. First cap off the rank. Daniel Lewis (laughs) wins a national title in just his third fight against the tough and rugged Wade Ryan. Ben, you were calling that one? Yeah. Good performance, isn't it? Uh, In just his third professional fight, and Wade Ryan was having his 25th. um, So that is an enormous golf in in inexperience for Daniel Lewis. But uh, you wouldn't have known it watching the fight. He looked mature, moved really well, great variation, punches so well to the body, and uh, won the Australian title in just his third fight. So, yeah, incredibly impressive. Um, On a night of really impressive performances, Sam Goodman and Liam Wilson were both outstanding as well. Uh, Jaya Pattaya, well, the main event wasn't uh, wasn't a particularly entertaining fight, but uh, he still looked very, very classy. So for Daniel Lewis to win an Aussie title and perhaps steal the show in, in plenty of people's eyes is um, is quite an effort on a big Saturday night of boxing. Yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed Lewis's performance. And in only his third fight to take on a seasoned veteran in Wade Ryan, that guy is just some kind of tough. Like, he's... Uh, he's just a, an awkward sort of just tough in your face. He doesn't doesn't gas at all. You can never ever count him out. And that big overhand southpaw left is always threatening. Um, I think he handled it, handled it well, and um, he even wore a few shots from Wade as well, which is which well, it's not a good thing, but it's good to see that durability. It didn't all go his way in 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 what was a dominant fight, but um, he was still tested and. In only his third fight, that was awesome. I think a lot of people too had raised the question of could Daniel Lewis uh, do the 10 rounds at a high pace because we know Wade Ryan's like a boulder rolling downhill. He just gets stronger and stronger as the fight goes. I think he passed the test with flying colours. I would say my only knock on my only knock personally on Lewis in that performance was I think he could have used movement just that little bit more instead of um, 
sticking in the trenches with um, with Wade Ryan. And because he's got so much skill, Daniel Lewis, he could have made it a lot easier. But that's all just going to come with experience. Like, people have got to remember, third fight, Australian champion, awesome. Do you yeah, think I, it's I, sorry. Go. Sorry, no, sorry. Oh, like, oh, sorry. Jesus. <laughs> go, go, <laughs> okay, go, go. I'm going to stop. You go. No, do you go. I'm going to stop. All right. All right, I'll go. Um, I spoke to um, I spoke to Will Tomlinson actually after the fight. He he made a really good point. He said that um, when a fighter uh, first steps up to go say ten rounds, um, maybe they do try and conserve a bit of energy, just a bit um, conservative in in movement. And uh, next time he does go that distance, we'll probably see a different Daniel Lewis altogether. So maybe there'll be more of that movement, more energy, more output as well. But um, for his first time, you could tell even in the discussions in the corner, you could tell that there was. Um, you know, there, there was a little bit of trepidation as to whether um, the 10 rounds was within him. Uh, certainly, Graeme Shaw was aware of that, but maybe Daniel Lewis was just a little bit wary. And uh, so next time, we'll see him go out there and uh, throw all these shots and, and really use that energy for the whole distance. But for a first time, gee, it was uh, super I, impression, uh, impressive. Uh, and his variety is so good as well in the way that he does punch to the body. I have to say that, yes, that is a massive factor because... Even when you first turn pro and you go from amateur, even sparring, you start sparring six rounds and eight rounds, and and that's like a big achievement. Um, just the conditioning is so much different for professional Hello. boxing, and and I did that in in my first ten round fight, and even my second ten round fight, um, I was sort of within myself just that little bit, and then um, it's just something that you you. You learn about yourself and just the conditioning as you go along. Professional boxing is just so different to amateur boxing, like just chalk and cheese. So it definitely plays a part on your mind doing that 10 rounds for the first time in a fight and against a a hard-ass like Wade Ryan. You can see why he would have been that little bit conservative, not trying to expel energy on the movement that I was talking about. So sorry, I, I just lost to you guys for a moment. So I was just saying hello in the background. So just continue. Oh, okay. I thought you had a phone call. No, no, I, I'm back now. I don't know what happened. I dropped out for a moment, but uh, <laughs> hello anyway. That's so going to sound go. great if me and Mickey can't hear you. We're just talking along and you're in the background. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Great radio. <laughs> yeah. All right. No worries. Mickey, uh, go on. What happened to your NASA internet, Ben? I thought... No, I, I don't know what just happened. Um, yeah, the people at NASA may have been on a lunch break. I don't know. They just dropped me yeah, out at the moment. They're, they're busy over there. We're back. But yeah, we're just saying, like, it, it's it's great that, you know, we're starting to see a lot of Australian boxing on TV and you see a lot of grassroots boxing. You look at what Eddie Hearn's doing with the next-gen shows and it's the best way to build up a fighter is from the grassroots. So it's it's really good time to be a boxer in Australia right now. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, there's been obviously a lack of uh, boxing, Australian boxing at least, on Fox Sports for quite a while now. But um, it's returned with that show the other night and that will continue through the back half of this year and into next year as well. So that's really good. And obviously on top of that, we've got the pay-per-view fights and um, Jeff Horn, Michael Zarafa coming up and Tim Zoo's just emerging as a uh, pay-per-view fighter as well. Um, really solid numbers the first time around for him. So he gets a second chance against Dwight Ritchie. And then the next crop, we wait and see who jumps out of that lot and becomes a main event fighter because obviously that's the ambition for uh everyone is to get themselves in a position where people are willing to pay for their fights. And the best exposure you can get is uh, being on Fox Sports initially and having dominant and impressive performances like Goodman, Wilson, Opatire and um, Lewis did the other night. So uh, plenty more will get their opportunity. And uh, yeah, that is 
that is really good for Australian boxing. Yeah, live live TV shoots that hasn't existed in our sport in Australia for how many years now? Like a decade. Yeah, there's just, there's been little taste. Like con- cons- yeah, little taste, but nothing consistent. Yeah. No, and and that is it is going to be consistent now. Well, it is, Jade. Uh, are you going to be a part of it? I, yeah, I believe so. I've agreed to terms. I can't can't announce just yet, but I have agreed to terms. Just waiting on the contract. And, um, yeah, it looks like I'll be main eventing some live television shows down here in Melbourne. I've got a, uh, a five-fight contract coming my way, but uh, that's pretty well all I can elaborate on that. Uh, and, and the pos- possibility of... Um, Shows down here on the peninsula, which will be televised live. Well, that's good. So that, that'll be massive, and the support I get down here, I'm yeah. I'm excited. Been sort of out in the wilderness for the um, for the first half of this year. Um, come back from injury, we had some big big offers and that, and now I don't know. I'm sort of getting um, I was a little bit worried about what the hell was gonna what the hell was happening with my career, and now I've got the best possible outcome. So I've got guaranteed five fights televised so it's it's just awesome it's a great time for Australian boxing and I'm do you know when the um do you know when the first of those will be the first of your televised the first of the televised fights is going to be in November um date date and location is not confirmed yet but it is confirmed that it will be live on Fox Sports and I'll be headlining alongside another uh well not another up and coming I don't consider myself an up and coming I'm an Old man now. Go on. You're young, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> I'm a young 33. But uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's another up-and-comer who'll be headlining <laughs> that show alongside of me. And, um, yeah, the depth of talent that's there at the moment on TV, that, that show the other night, you touched on the, the young guys who are on their way up. Um, it looks like we're going to be having the same thing down here in Melbourne. So it's exciting. Very exciting. Um, any ideas on... An opponent, uh, potentially a rematch with Kim Paulson or, or um, well, will you step up to fight ben, Zach Dunn? Ben, any, I think, I think um, that's really what got me over the line. That's what Fox Sports have just gone. They saw Mitchell versus Paulson and they said, this is what we want. We want more of that. So Australian boxing, you're welcome, okay? I, I, I go out there, I put on a show. <laughs> Um, the word warrior gets thrown around usually, but uh, you watch Mitchell v. Paulson and, I don't know, you be the judge, all right? So, everyone, you're welcome. Yeah. What happened to Paulson, Martin Murray? We previewed that, and then I got up on the day to watch it, and he just he just, he just wasn't there. There was just some other bloke fighting. <laughs> what happened to him? Feet. He watched Mitchell v. Paulson. <laughs> don't know, mate. Don't know. Don't know. Maybe... Um, I mean, they got a sniff of him. Yeah, they got a, they got word of the BO. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they listened to this podcast and heard you. Yeah. I can uh. I can still taste it. <laughs> um yeah, look. It's bad another thing, taste it. Uh, back on back on track. We'll get off the get off old stinky. But yeah. um with with having TV involved, the budget for the opponents is better too. So I think as we go along, we're going to see we are going to see better fights in Australia. And a lot of my my opponents, the best guys and world rated guys we want here, are European or American, and um, they laugh at the at the money and no TV over here in comparison to what they're doing in the, in the UK and in in the US. So it's just exciting that we can kind of compete. And that we do have, um, we're just going to have 
a lot more opportunities as fighters. We're going to be able to be prepared. And with this five fight deal, there is there's a plan in place of the opponents we want that are going to test me before I get my chance. Because I actually got offered um, the world title fight at the start of this year. I've had big offers and um, I believe the offers will keep coming. But this gives me the opportunity to have the correct fights in order to prepare for, um, for my world title fight. Do you want um, to say who that offer was that you had? Who the offer was? Can you say? Can you say? Well, oh, can I, I can say? say yeah, yeah, no. Um, so uh, it would have been against Callum Smith at Madison Square Garden, but it was just too soon for me coming back from injury. And if I'm being honest, I would have just been cannon fodder in that fight, um, much the same as Hassan Nadam was. Um, us, Aussie, Probably not a big enough venue either for you. Yeah given the pool that you have on the Jeez, peninsula. You're just such a nasty bastard, Ben Dame. We also got offered uh, David Benavides at AT&T Stadium. That was just as I was having surgery. Mm. And um, and we've also had an offer for Chris Eubank as well. So with the position I'm in, they're going to come, but at least things are going to be a little bit more on our terms. You're not just so many Australian fighters fight in absolute obscurity and then just got picked out of the blue to fight for a world title and just get smashed. And hopefully for myself and um, and the other guys that, that are on Fox and being invested in, are going to um, go on to bigger and better things and be prepared when we get our shot or, or potentially earn that shot. Same way Jeff Horn did. He became number one contender. He was mandatory for Pacquiao. Was he number one or number two? Yeah, I think he got to one, did he? I, I think. Yeah, yeah, but see... Yeah, it was one or two. He had TV. He had... They invested in him. They they brought him along. They brought him along properly. And then he just ended up... Um, ended up number one contender to Pacquiao. And the rest is history. Like, that was... That was amazing. The DNL or Juco back then brought him along and brought Joseph Parker along. So, it's... Yeah, it's really exciting. I, I'm, I'm so... There's no reason that can't happen again with this current trend of like so much boxing on TV and stuff. We can build yeah. up a fight. I mean, look at Tim Zhu. He's doing his second pay-per-view. If he keeps going the way he's going and keeps getting good numbers, why can't he eventually do that? Yeah. No, there's no reason he can't. There's no reason he can't do that. Or anyone else. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'll tell you one thing, but it does, it scares me a little bit um, basing the pay-per-view on Tim Zhu and then taking on, um, taking on the Cowboy so soon like they're going to get the best version of Dwight Ritchie and he always rise, he rises to the occasion and the better fighter he's in there against the better version you're going to get of Dwight Ritchie I, I truly believe that but mm. um yeah yeah he's pumped as well um Mickey yep. and I uh went and shot with him and um he's obviously been sparring with Michael Zarafa and um yeah really looks the part he's ready it's a massive uh step for him it's a huge opportunity for him and um you will have seen the uh the content that has come out uh that mickey shot and we put together um he's had some um some big things to say as well he called uh, yeah. tim zoo the home brand version of kosher which was a cool line i thought but he's the cheap version um so he's right in the fight like he's he's fired up he's uh he's ready and willing and they had the opportunity to, to maybe swerve this fight with um with Dwight Ritchie, the Tim Zoo camp, but uh, they've stepped into it and said, no, he's uh, obviously world number nine at the moment and the, uh, the the top of his class in that division in Australia at the moment. So, um, yeah, good on them. And I, I really can't wait for that fight. It's a couple of weeks away now. And, um, 
yeah, should be uh, should be an outstanding event uh, in Sydney and a really good undercard as well with um, a couple of highlights being um, yeah. the women's fight between Taylor Harris and Renee Gartner, which I'm really looking forward to, and also um, Matteo Tapia and Reynold mm. Quinlan, which has got uh, your sort of fight of the year. Yeah, that's a, great, that's a great... Um... Well, I don't know if you'd call it Crossroads because it's not like... Oh, for Quinlan. Well, you probably could call it Crossroads. Reynold Quinlan has... He's been champion of the world when he when he stopped Gill, the IBO champion, and um, he's had a few losses. If this, yeah, and he was taken out in he was taken out in rounds against uh, Joshua Boazzi, um most recently. So this, well. that was a bit weird though that that knockout. It was a bit weird, and it, and it wasn't a good fight to take, quite do frankly. You, do you, like, you say no. Crossroads is this a must, but, must win fight for Quinlan, and and if um, if Tapia gets past. Quinlan, we have another another star in Australia in the super middleweight division. Yeah, well, I think he's um, he's right on the cusp at the moment, uh, mm. Matteo Tapia. Like after that win against Adam Copland and um, some of his other performances, taking out Isaac Buckley in devastating fashion as well. And yeah, now he steps up against Reynold Quinlan, who, well, I guess at twelve and four, um, Quinlan and having been stopped pretty badly uh, in that big fight overseas, having been stopped eventually against Damian Hooper and uh, being stopped as well against Chris Eubank in recent times. His cards are probably marked. He's going to be an entertaining fighter, but he's going to be in these sort of crossroads fights for at least a little while. But if he can do something um, devastating to Matteo Tapia, he's going to be right in big fights mm. again. So, um, yeah, it's a, it is certainly a crossroads fight for Reynold Quinlan and a big opportunity for him. He's only 30 years of age, but he is 12-4, and four, whereas Tapia... Uh, he's 10-0 and 0 and has looked outstanding. So uh, Tapia would go in as the favourite, but it, it's got a very entertaining um, look to it, this fight, I reckon. And, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, what version of Reynold Quinlan we get. Hopefully it's the version that fought Damien Hooper. Oh, man, what a fight. That was so much fun. Like, he's just... He's tough as fuck, for lack of better, for lack of a better term. He's just a hard <laughs> bastard, like... The Boatsy getting stopped in a round, like at light heavyweight, who knows what sort of preparation he had. But if, if Ren comes prepared, it is going to be a hell of a fight. I can't, I cannot wait for that. You missed, um, you missed um, the WBA international title as well between the Kazakhstan, the fight is it Adio? Rocky Yurkic and what's his name? Is it, how, do you, how do you pronounce it? Well, you're saying it. You say it. Um, no, I don't want to say it now because you're just going to take the piss out of me. You say it. No, I want to see how you say it because, like, you're interested in a co-commentary role, um, which I obviously have thoroughly backed you for. Um, <laughs> the door is the jar and um, the big bosses at Main Event and Fox Sports are listening as we speak. So that, that won't suffice, Rocky versus the Kazakh? <laughs> Let's just say that there's been an outstanding combination just thrown from the Kazakh and Rocky after a couple of knockdowns of his own has just been dropped. Um, how do you call it? Um, so can you please just repeat that again? <laughs> no. No, I'm just trying to look through. I'm scrolling through a group message where we had the pronunciation Ados of the Kazakh. Ados Yobosinali, I believe, is how it's pronounced. Um, I don't know how it arrives at that, but that's that's what they say apparently. So that's what Brock Ellis has told me anyway. Okay. 
on the I look forward to meeting Ados. I'm going to have a good chat with him. It's just there as Ados or Adios or... Anyway. You should just go by your bus. That's a that's a pretty cool name. Ados, your bus. Yeah. Well, we can check with him if he's happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Put it forward and check before I went to air. Okay. I, I so that's right. that's the audition. I, I should submit that as an audition tape. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just the last forty-five seconds or so, we'll just put that through. Really like my chances there. That'd be that'd be great. Please do. <laughs> uh, How are you going to commentate and fight in these fights? We're going to mic you up. You can commentate his own fight. <laughs> Give him a yeah. mic. You probably could have commentated the Paulson fight. I could. Do have. you think? Yeah, could have. But he couldn't Good breathe, man. though. <laughs> yeah. He'd just, he'd just be like, just gagging. <laughs> he's running away from me again. Oh, he's got He's getting close. <laughs> it would have been horrible. But, um, yeah. Come here. No, go away. Yeah. He was terrible. Uh, All right. Moving on to the world, to Australian boxing's worst kept secret. What is it? Jeff Horn will fight Michael Zarafa. Really? On August 31st. Yeah, it's a bit under the radar, but yeah. uh, it's happening. It really, really snuck up that announcement, didn't it? Um, it did. Yeah, I, I think that probably took the cake as the most leaked fight announcement I've ever been involved in. Um, there would have been probably 50 newspaper articles confirming it before we officially announced. So, uh, yeah, we did get to announce. Mickey, you and I went... Uh, off to Bendigo, and there was a good turnout, even for the um, press conference, and a lot of buzz. They tell me that they've already sold somewhere in the vicinity of 3,000 tickets for this fight, which is crazy at this stage awesome. because we're still um, still a month away um, and the build-up hasn't really begun. And because of the timing of these two fights, there's a little bit less build-up um, for the Horns or Rafa fight than perhaps there would have been at other times because we do have Zoo and Richie in between. So the last two and a half weeks it's really going to get stepped up and that's when people are going to really start talking about this fight. But even at this early stage, it is going very, very well. So um, they're off to Bendigo and Jeff Horn um, at middleweight for the first time, essentially, given the mundane fight was a, a catchweight, takes on Michael Zarafa, um, who himself is talking it up um, and who I saw inspiring a, a couple of weeks ago. He sparred against Daniel Lewis, in fact, in Sydney, and he looked very, very good. It's the strongest I've seen him look uh, in a fight or in sparring. Jade, you've done a lot of rounds with Zarafa, and um, I've I've never seen him look as good as he did the other day. But, um, gee, um, he he can really be ruthless in sparring. He he, he actually is, Mick. He takes no prisoners. If he... He gets a sniff for getting you out of there. Like, it's, he's nasty. He's really nasty. You want to see probably the best, the best ever I've seen of that. Well, I was when I fought over in Japan. Michael come over with me, and he was sparring with the Japanese fella who was an absolute tank. Just kept coming forward, and Mick was a little out of sorts, maybe a little bit tired from the the flight over. It wasn't. We weren't there long. And um, all, all of a sudden, he landed his big right hand. It's like, oh, Mick just rocked up. And my God, did he turn it on. He battered this Japanese fella. And the bell rang just before he stopped. He Mick's, Mick's a bad dude. He's ruthless. And even in the gym. So um, He spars with no headgear. Yeah. He spars- yeah, he was telling me it's because he's claustrophobic. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I make Mick wear headgear when we spar because... 
I've got because you're a bad dude. Because I've got because <laughs> I I just care about his health. No, because <laughs> I literally have wet tissue paper for skin, and um, he's busted my nose, uh, the bridge of my nose open a couple of times. I've even been cut through a full-faced headguard with bloody headbutts. Like it's just my skin is terrible. But um, yeah, don't... you say you've got sparring with Zarafa coming up? Yes, next week. Well, I was meant to be sparring with Mick this week, just gone, but um, it looks like next week. So uh, I think if we do our next podcast in person, because I would imagine it, I will have been sparring with Michael, not uh, yeah. Not long before we record, you'll, you'll see you'll see what my face looks like. My face always looks like shit every time I spar with Michael Zarafa or or Dwight Ritchie. Those boys are sharp, sharp as. Yeah, I actually um, caught them both sparring at the Team Alice gym, and they were going yeah. really hard. You would have thought it was an actual fight from how hard they were going. So, yeah, they're both definitely sharpening up for, for their big fights and great quality sparring and it was open to the public as well so i'm glad i got to see it i wasn't there obviously mickey how was that and um what did uh like who, who was getting the better of it largely and, and I, what did dwight richie in particular look like i only caught the second half but richie was very aggressive and they were both landing really big shots so it, it, maybe mick got a little bit more of him but they were both landing big shots and they were both coming forward and they're both can going toe to toe and um and they both got touched up stay? so as a as a yeah. boxer and everything too, there is no there's no honour in sparring. There's no sparring doesn't mean anything, um, especially in your prep. Like it depends on where you are with your load and intensity, with what you're doing with with camp and everything. So you you just can't read much into sparring at all. Okay, so we'll just delete that last couple of minutes then. Yeah, yeah. no, but I'm if just saying like, if anyone thinks that. that someone got the better of someone in sparring, um, who cares? Yeah, yeah. It's not on the record books. I'm just before yeah, anyone doesn't gets mean excited about that shit. Yeah, it's like when someone beats someone in the amateurs. Yes, who cares about that? You know, we, this guy beat this guy in the amateurs, but who cares? You know, Mike Tyson lost to Henry Tillman twice in the amateurs, and then when they fought as pros, he knocked him out in one round. So it's it's just a tool yeah. to sort of build up a fight sometimes. Did not but... expect Henry Tillman to get a run. <laughs> like yeah, that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, um, Jay, given you've done so many rounds with both Dwight and yep. Michael Zarafa, um, what do you think happens in these two fights? Firstly, Tim Zhu against Dwight Ritchie. What do you see happening? And secondly, and I know you're going to spar with him next week, so you'll probably have greater insight, even though sparring is irrelevant. Um, Jeff Horn against Michael Zarafa. How do you see these two fights going? Um, I think Ritchie versus Zhu. I think... Um, I think... This this one kind of as I touched on it earlier, this one kind of scares me because the whole pay per view model has been based on Tim Zhu. Dwight Ritchie is underrated. He's not he's not the biggest puncher. But he does have some pop. He's not scared to throw down. But technically, he would be one of the best boxers I've ever shared the boxing room with. Technically, he's just so sound. He'd be one of my favorite guys. Even as he's moving in front of you and you're boxing together, he's just beautiful to watch. Um, so have you got him winning? I do, I do, I really okay. do. Yep. I have, I have Dwight Ritchie winning. You're not alone. There's plenty who are saying that to me all the time that um, they've mucked up here by taking if Tim Zoo, Dwight Ritchie and that he's going to win. The fight. If Tim Zoo can get past Dwight Ritchie, Tim Zoo's the real deal. I'm, I'm already, I already think Tim Zoo's, Tim Zoo is the real deal now, and I think he's been brought along beautifully. But um, Dwight Ritchie is someone who. 
fights to his opponents. Uh, people, there's much talk about recently, Dwight Richie hasn't looked that good. I've sparred with Dwight since before he went to Japan to fight for his first OP, his first OPPF title. And I've sparred with him all through uh, last year. Um, he improved and improved and improved. Uh, I think he fight, he's going to fight to what's in front of him. And this is the biggest opportunity you could possibly give Dwight Richie. So, so Richie Point, I, your call? Yeah, Richie. Richie points. It won't 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 be stoppage. Uh, Dwight Dwight does have some pop, even though he doesn't have the knockouts. He does have some pop, but Richie points. And what about uh, Horns or Rafa? Horns or Rafa for me. That's that's a tough one because Rafa is is my boy. Like I, I love Mick. I've done honey. and look, he has. He's matured. Did you listen to the show though. Does, Mick listen, Does he listen to the show, though? He listens to the show. Mick's, he does. Mick's one of our former guests. He is. Um, it's, a t- it's, it's a tough one for me. I think it's the same thing again. This is the biggest opportunity for Zarafa. Um, he has matured and matured as a fighter. People forget People forget how young Zarafa still is. So do I. I think he's 26. No. He's, people forget Zarafa's still... So Rafa is only young. He's been around forever. 27, I think, is he? Is he 27? Um, Something like that. And this yeah. is a massive opportunity. If Jeff Horn has slept on Zarafa at all, which I don't think he 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 would have, um, then I see Zarafa pulling off the upset. But having said that, Jeff Horn, I think everyone sleeps on Jeff Horn still. And I hate the fact that people talk about his win over Manny Pacquiao is like they just they just brush it under the rug. Jeff Horn is such a rugged yeah. Manny Pacquiao who just bashed Keith Thurman as well. Yeah. People people sweep that under the rug. It's fucked. But um one thing they can't sweep under the rug though is his performance against Manny Pacquiao. Whether you think he won or not, how can you not respect him for his performance? He did way better than Keith Thurman who was regarded because as at least Je- a top Jeff- three welterweight. Of course he did better than yeah. Thurman. He, he won the fight, yeah. He won, yeah. He, and it's so two he, years later and they were saying, oh, this is the ghost of Manny Pacquiao that's come to Brisbane just to, now all of a sudden to go in there and not take it seriously. Yeah, all of a sudden he's um, heading towards, you know, massive paydays potentially with Amir Khan or, or a unification fight yeah. with either Sean Porter or more likely Errol Spence. And, um, yeah, it, it is absurd the way that um, some people like to look back on that Jeff Horn performance because it's one of the all-time great Australian boxing yeah, performances. Look, uh, Jeff, Jeff is a hard rematch. bastard. Jeff, we get into this every time, don't we? <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is a hard bastard. He comes forward, he crowds, but as he comes forward, is always coming off different different angles. There's 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 a lot of science to what Jeff does with his movement patterns and stuff like that, and he smothers your work. And his punches are always coming from different angles too. There's not a lot of rhythm or rhyme to the way Jeff actually smothers. And that is very scientific in the way that he does it, if you watch him. The way when he fought Pacquiao, Pacquiao, Pacquiao always darts in with like two, two or three attacks. Jeff Horn would meet him before he could get his second attack off. He'd smother him and he'd just mould him. Um, Jeff's going to need to do that against the Rafa. And what do you think of Zarafa's movement, though? Zarafa's movement is good, but the thing that another thing too, where people hang shit on Jeff and like, oh, he's not as good. Man, you lost to Terence Crawford. Terence Crawford can fight you going forwards. He can fight you going backwards. He'll he'll be pulling back, slipping shots on his back foot, and he'll pull around the corner. And he is so accurate. He finishes yeah. fights with one punch off just some movement that 
breaks the laws of physics. Like, he's a freak of nature. He's going to go down in history as one of the greatest fighters of all time, Terence Crawford. So, so after all of this discussion, what do you think happens in the fight, uh, Jade? I think I just... They're both listening. Like, you know that... We know Jeff Horn listens because he always posts comments. And Michael Zarafa, a former guest, he listens. So they're both listening. So you're going to hurt someone's feelings. But just tell it like it is. All right, well, I'm just trying to be as honest as I can be. Be honest. You're making me feel like a freak. Be honest. This is another audition tape. I think it's going to be a draw. (laughs) You fuck with it. (laughs) Who do you you pick, Ben? Uh, I wouldn't like to give my opinion at this early stage. Um, so you pick a draw as well, then? I also no, no. I'll I'll give my thoughts closer, but I'll be calling the fight. So I, I don't know. I, I'm 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 a bit wary of that actually. I, they asked me to give my um uh, my selections through the whole Zoo Richie card. Uh, Matt Rose asked me the other day, and I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that because if I say oh, I reckon this is going to happen. Then people are going to bag me for calling that direction up. Yeah, they? but people bag you no matter. People were going to bag me anyway. Yeah, people will bag me regardless. Obviously, put it, I, I don't, I'm put it this way: for me, for me, uh, Zoo Richie is easy for me to call, but Zarafa Horn isn't. I think I think Zarafa is totally ready to to take the challenge and totally ready to take it away from Horn, but Horn's a bad bad dude. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, I, I honestly, I can't pick it. My heart says Zarafa. My head says Zarafa can do it, but then also Horn's just a bad, bad guy. Well, so, you know how sparring doesn't matter. Well, I was, I watched that Daniel Lewis, Michael Zarafa spar with Jeff Fennick. Um, and he immediately yep. after the sparring said, well, that shows me that Michael Zarafa is going to beat Jeff Horn. He was that impressed but- with what he saw from, Zarafa. But does Daniel Lewis really emulate Jeff Horn though? No. Like no one really does. Well, no, so you're just arguing know... with Jeff Fennick now. So don't argue with me. No, I don't want to do no, that. No, you're arguing with Jeff Fennick. Nah, nah. Like, do you, if that's what you want to do, then you can do that. I'll no. take the three-weight world champion's word over mine. I think, I think um, <laughs> yeah, no one wants to argue with Jeff. No, no. Uh, but, and then to go on from that, I, and then um, – I've seen how hard Jeff Horn is working um, for this fight. Uh, Mickey, you would have seen the vision that I sent um, of, yeah. of that session that he was doing with Dundee Kim. He is taking this extremely seriously. He's working really hard and he's trying to be the best 72-kilogram version of Jeff Horn that he can be. Hey, can I ask a question about that footage? Go on, please. Was Dundee wearing a T-shirt of Dundee Kim's face? Dundee Kim will generally wear a T-shirt of Dundee Kim's face, yes. Um, okay. And it's sort of in the style of like um, one of those glamour <laughs> shoots. Um, yeah. What? And it's Glorious brilliant. T-shirt. It's brilliant. You should see – have you been to his – to either of his gyms, don't they? There's no, pictures of him. There's pictures of him all over the place, including one on the outside. <laughs> Um, like a massive, um, like, like a shrine to himself. It's really bizarre, but he's such a lovely dude and he's like a traditional South Korean dude and that, that's just part of what he likes and you can't argue with him because he that's what he's doing and he's doing is a great job. Is that your house is like, Ben? <laughs> that's very similar to my um, my house. House is a strong word. Yeah. yeah. Your home? My, my closet. Um uh, yes, so no. In, in answer to your question, yes, he, he was Man, wearing a nice. T-shirt of himself, which I cool. yeah I don't begrudge him. Um, 
No. Uh, and on my other podcast, the Main Event Boxing Podcast, for anyone who hasn't uh, got the chance to look that up, please do so. The Main Event Boxing my Podcast, chance. it's available, I think, Mickey, on Spotify, is it? It is on Spotify. Okay. And everywhere else where good podcasts are. I, yeah. I did an episode with Jeff Horn, and um, Jeff Horn's fired up. He doesn't like... Um, some of the things that Zarafa said at that press conference, he's like, oh, yeah, I thought he was being pretty arrogant. And he, he actually seemed a bit pissed off about it. So um, there's a bit of feeling from Jeff Horn's side, at least, about a few of the things that um, that uh, Zarafa has said. And I'd imagine that will only yeah, fire up further as we get closer to the fight. So I cannot wait for that fight. These two huge domestic pay-per-view events um, in the space of two and a half weeks, it's a massive period for Australian boxing. I'm, I'm pumped. And they're really well-matched. Yeah, it's really, they're really, they're both hard fights to pick, in my opinion, anyway. Because you yeah. won't be surprised what happens either way, really. No, no, that's right. Yeah, you wouldn't be surprised. Like, it, you wouldn't be surprised if it's a, yeah, Richie Sarafa win these fights. Yeah. But um, obviously, the expectation is that it's um, Zoo Horn, but um, anything could happen. And that's what makes it so exciting. I, I, I'm looking forward to being in Sydney and then heading off to Bendigo. I'll no doubt see you in Bendigo, Mickey. What about you, JD, coming? Yeah, yeah, I was actually just speaking to Mrs. Mitchell about that this morning. We might uh, come up for the weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. You're going to bring the rat and, and, the, and the little one? No, the rat will probably stay at home, but uh, little Ruby will come up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. right, well, maybe we'll have brunch. Are we, gonna, um, are we actually going to do a pod while we're okay. in Bendigo, if all of us are there? <laughs> May as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, why not? Let's do one. Sweet. Oh, not live. I mean, do one. Not live. With a guest. Okay, great. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It sounds like an off-air discussion. Um, it does. But uh, regardless. Um, yeah, do you want to move on from this? Yeah. So, Lucas Brown, Tom Little called off due to oh, lack due of Due to funding? an absolute fucking debacle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was dealing with... Um, because we'd sorted out for this to be um, broadcast on Fox Sports. Obviously, Lucas Brown was meant to be fighting Tom Little, a pommy journeyman, um, on a card at York Hall in London. And it was being put on by a mob called um, Rich Energy, which I, I imagine is a some type of supplement or drink, um, but they were the promoter as well of the event. And it all became a bit sketchy when they hadn't even organised a weigh-in about four days out. None of the money had come through. Um, then it emerged that the venue hadn't even been paid for. And when it was called yeah. off finally, um, Lucas didn't even have a return flight. So he and his, he had to pay for him and his team. You're kidding. <laughs> Seriously. He had to pay for him and his team. And um, there was a young fella from over in Perth, is it Jackson, England? Is that his name? He was going to be fighting on the undercard as well. He trains in the same gym. Um, so all the fights fell over. Lucas had to buy the flights um, to get him home. And uh, so shit. yeah, just you know, just very, very shoddy behavior from um, from a promoter who I, I think was promoting his first show. And um, well, probably his last end, now, so promoting his first show, yeah, uh, yeah. So, no joy for Lucas on I the trip. He... Seemed like he had a good time, fair bit of social media content yeah. out of it, anyway. I saw him uh, tweeting Eddie Hearn because he wants to get on that um, uh, Huey Fury Pavetkin undercard. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he, pretty hard for that. Yeah, he wants he wants the Tom Little fight still yeah. over in the UK on one of the matchroom cards. Maybe the Lomachenko undercard is one that he was pitching up for as well. I haven't heard anything as to whether that's um, a possibility. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, we talked, obviously, with Eddie Hearn, Mickey, yeah. um, about Lucas Brown. And, um, yeah, I, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's done awesome. with Lucas. I think there's a chance a fight like that Tom Little fight does end up on one of those cards. Hopefully, for, for Lucas's sake, it does. And hopefully, he wins. And um, plenty of talk that he'll be fighting Bowie Tupo um, as well in Australia later on this year. There's um, a lot of discussion that that fight has been made. So, that'd be intriguing. Well, where would that fall? What state? Well, uh, I've heard a couple of... Um, reports on that um, initially uh, 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 Queensland Brisbane um, yep. but uh, yeah we'll have to wait and see um, where it all does fall there's been a lot of talk about that fight and, and who has it and who doesn't so we'll uh, yeah it, it'll have to play out but obviously Lucas is trying to get in sooner than that because that wouldn't be likely until November that fight so he wants to get in um, as soon as the end of August on the Lomachenko uh, undercard so we'll see I would love cool like as far as Australian fights go, I would love Lucas Leopold. Yeah, I, I think yeah that that fight for me is the one that I would like to see most be made, and then the uh, the winner move on from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you're not alone there. Um, on the main event boxing podcast, uh, that was the fight that uh, Jeff Horn uh, said he would most like to see made in Australian boxing. And you saw like Leopold's performance against Joseph Parker. He's still got enough left. I mean, he hung in there. He and, did hang in there. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, he copped the battering, but like he, yeah, he didn't get blown out of there. You know, so no, nah, and never really got hurt. Like no, oh, he, he wore some shots. And, he wore some and big Parker shots, looked, but yeah, he never Parker looked, looked great in the first round. But after that, he's like, well, I can't hurt him, so I'll yeah. just sort of stick around. But um, yeah, no, there's plenty of merit in in any of those fights that have been talked about. Um, there was some talk about a, a potential fight between Willis Meehan and Dempsey McKean at a point. Uh, that's not going to happen now, but um, that would be a, a, an entertaining fight if it did happen. And there might be some opportunities as well for Dempsey coming up internationally um, in the not-too-distant future as well. So, yeah, when, some, some really good things happening at heavyweight. When and where was the talk of McKean, um, McKean mate? That'd be an awesome fight. I love when that. and like, where was it? When and where, like, yeah, yeah, there was. Well, it was one that was sort of moved around and um, and discussed, uh, but it was going to fall on another card, and it, it couldn't eventually be made. But so it, it doesn't look like it's happening in the short mm-hmm. term. But there is some goodwill from both parties towards potentially making that in the future. And I see Willis Meehan has a um, a fight booked um, on August thirtieth yep. in um, Melbourne, so the day before yep. on Zarafa at the Pavilion. And then, yeah, as I mentioned, um, it looks like maybe Dempsey McKean has a fight internationally coming up as well. So, um, yeah, maybe it can be made down the track, depending on results and bits and pieces. But, yeah, that would be a really good fight. And we want to see Willis Meehan get into um, some regular action and um, to really start making his way because the way everyone tells it, he's the um, he's the sleeping giant in Australian boxing. Yeah. yeah, it's exciting to have, like, even there's young fighters across the board, but just to have... Willis Mayne and Dempsey McKean as like the new blood in the Australian heavyweight scene. Like that's, that's cool. Mm. If that fight could be made, that would be unreal. Hopefully, Joseph Goodall's another one at heavyweight, obviously he'll be fighting on the um, Bendigo undercard. Um, he is from Bendigo originally. So uh, works really well for him. He's now based in Brisbane, obviously training with Glenn Rushton and working alongside um, Horn and Hogan and um, the likes. But uh, he is from Bendigo and he's going back there. Um, they're still just working out an opponent, but he'll be on that undercard. So um, he's another one in the mix. Yep, no, exciting, exciting times. I haven't actually, um, I've only got to, <laughs> seen a couple of highlights of Joe Goodall. His fights haven't really gone 
it's that long hasn't been tested yet but um yeah exciting stuff yeah i've called a few of his fights and um yeah he he looks good mm-hmm. and um yeah he's only really been tested the once against um the cameroonian heavyweight on the undercard for um horn monday uh outside of that he's blown them all out pretty quickly but uh yep. yeah he needs regular fights and um Hopefully that starts with with uh, Bendigo. Hmm. Awesome. Hmm. He's hmm. trained by Glenn Rush then. He is. Yeah. yeah he's trained by. Oh yeah, outstanding. He's got um, former world champion Jeff Horn, a man who should be a reigning world champion, and Dennis Hogan, and um, yeah. along those lines, Homo Mungia has announced that he's fighting Jesse Vargas and not having the rematch with Dennis Hogan, which is no surprise. An announcement on Hogan's next fight is um, imminent and may even come out before this uh, podcast goes up. Is he uh, going to try and be on the undercard of Mungia? No, he's not going to be on the undercard for that, um, the way it looks. He's going to be on his own show um, in the US. uh, But, yeah, the details aren't official yet, so I won't say them. Um, And then, yeah, Joel Camilleri obviously is in that stable. Um, There's a few promising types. Um, is uh, Is it Andrew Hunt? Andrew Hunt? Any, anyone? Um, not sure, mate. Okay. I've got I'm telling Hammond. the story. Yeah, I think it's Andrew Hunt. Um, yeah, Cameron Hammond. Uh, yeah, Andrew Hunt is um, the young welterweight. He's a southpaw. He's 4-0. Um, there's a chance he's on that undercard as well. He's looked pretty good in his first four fights. Um, and, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a bit going on. It'd be an awesome, uh, awesome stable to be a part of. Just a few world-class fighters off, all um, feeding off one another. Be, um, Any thoughts of you um, changing trainers? You're gonna dump your dad? What? Move to Brisbane? What are you trying to say? No, I'm just wondering if it's. I know you're making wholesale changes. I uh, just wondered uh, if uh, poor old Lenifer is due the chop. Mate, I'm not given. I'm not given anyone the chop or given anyone the chop. Okay, so you'd like to deny rumours that you're planning to chop Lenifer? Is that the headline? <laughs> Because he listens to the show. <laughs> he does. He does. Dad, I'm not going to sack you, all right? It's all good. We'll talk about it this hour. Okay. Well, we'll so see. they're just rumours. They're rumors. just rumours at this point. Okay. Just rumours. Right. Well, yeah. All right. I, um... Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not... Uh, that'll be a, that'll be a good, good conversation if Dad listens to that one. Yeah. yeah. It will. You got a bit of fallout from this, actually. How so? Well, you've given it to... Um, Everyone. Zarafa, Horn, Paulson in particular, he listens. We know that. Paulson will be hating you right now. I, have, oh, I talk both You those... cost him that Martin Murray fight. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. Whoops. Now I talked all the boys up. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Um, we're talking 12. Wildfighter. Yeah, Wildfighter. Off to... Is it Bansdale? Bansdale. Is that where Bansdale, it is? Bansdale, yeah. Where I believe Will Tomlinson's yep. originally That's from. That's where he's from. Where is that? Very far away. <laughs> okay. Melbourne, that yeah. That is yeah. Like, uh, probably like a two, three-hour drive. You familiar with Gippsland? Uh-huh. Like Gippsland, oh, yes. Terrellgan, further out than Gippsland. Painesville. Okay. Inland from Painesville. Yep. Inland from Painesville. So I'm, yeah. if I'm at Painesville, that's head inland. Um, well, yeah, the, so. Yeah, there's still waterways into Bansdale. But okay. uh, yeah, the big lakes there. That's uh, that's Bansdale. Okay, I didn't ask for a topographic map, but um... I'm just trying to help a brother out. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, what's the key industry there? Um, I would believe it'd be livestock, maybe. Lots of farming. Lots of uh, lots of livestock. Yeah, 
Any wineries? Um, uh, nah, you got to go more. Um, my neck of the woods for wine, mate. Yeah, yeah, or further north. Okay. To, yeah. All right. Uh, Jason Waitley facing Lance Bryant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that will be the main event. Another fight for him is what is that? Like his seventh fight, sixth fight. Yeah, sixth something fight. like that. Sixth yeah. fight. Waitley, yeah. Yeah, Lance, Lance Bryant is uh, the Kiwi. Yeah, he's uh, twelve and six. Waitley's yeah. really coming into his own. Um, man, he showed some power recently. He's not. He's not the biggest cruiserweight around. He's very tall, but um, he's he's a wiry like a Tommy Hearns type, but uh, man, when he uncorks that, when he uncorks that right hand, Jesus, he's got some pop. Um, and yeah. can box and big, man, he's fit, fit as anything. We saw him in a little bit of trouble with Oganov um, for a brief moment there. He, uh, he wore those shots comfortably, um, moved on. So I expect a huge, a huge, um, a huge turnout for him in a, at wildfighter and the homecoming there. And I expect his best performance yet. He just keeps getting better and better. And one thing I will say about Jason Waitley is that guy works hard. He's so fit. So I, um, I look forward to, I think he's going to, I think he's going to destroy Lance Bright and Banstar. I really do. Um, and then you've got Blake Wells as well. Another hometown boy on the card. Uh, Fighting for the super middleweight Victorian title against Mark Smith. First time he's been back at super middleweight for some time. He uh, caked the weight on there and it's been a slow burn getting it, getting it off. But this will be uh, a test for him because Mark Smith is, he's sort of, he's fought everyone. He's give everyone a test. He's always in close fights, even if he has come up, even if he has been on the losing end. And every fight you see Mark Smith in just becomes a war. So if he can if he can handle the power of Blake Wells, that's going to be an awesome fight up there as well. Um, yeah, so they're, they're they're the two that I'm really looking forward to at um, Wildfighter and Bandstale. Good stuff. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I like Waitley. Um, he's getting better and better, and there's some exciting fights at Cruiserweight as well. Um, uh, obviously. Um, it's Jai Pattaya who's probably uh, leading the way. Oh, well, Blake Caparello can, can fight at Cruiserweight if he wants as well. And um, then over in New Zealand, uh, David Light, um, who I know is a former opponent of Lance Bryant. I think he stopped him a couple of rounds. So they're good fights at Cruiserweight, um, if any of those can be made uh, along the way. Mm. And he's only getting started at the moment, obviously, Waitley, but uh, he looks the goods. Yeah, Waitley does look the goods. you got Kane, Kane Watts, a fellow Peninsula boy who's... Oh, yeah. He's... he's um, Snuck into number ten in the world with the WBA, so there's big things, big things eminent for him. Um, yeah, what? Anything? Corner. Anything happening? Um, uh, look, there, I do believe there is the like big opportunities for fights um, internationally for Kane on offer at the moment. Mm. But um, yep. he's only just got back from Thailand. Thailand, I haven't started training with him again just yet, so. I'll be able to fill you in more on that, as I know. But I do know that um, there's potentially some big international fights for Kane, which is what he's after. Like okay. Kane's, Kane's done it all so far. For for what he's done in his career for a plumber who boxes, like he he main evented at um, a sellout crowd at High Sense yeah. with Danny Green. Yeah, he's been an Australian champion. He's now a regional champion. He's 
he's in the world ratings there. So I think um, he wants to go out on something big as he's um, nearing the end of his career. I believe Kane's 36 now. 37. 37, 37 years yeah, of age. So, um, yep. Domestic fights, I don't think you'll see Kane in any of the big fights with um, Joe Apatea or, or anyone of that note. I think he's um, looking for something big overseas. Yeah, that makes sense. Like he's got that yeah. ranking now. Um, gee, there's some, yeah, there's some good money fights there, but there are some some Mate. tough fights as well. Uh, he's ranked in the um, the WBA uh, at number ten, so he's actually ranked above Jaya Patai. Yeah. He's eleven. Jaya's, and um, Jaya too is the interim champion. I don't know. I don't know whether they'd be able to, whether they are trying to enforce that. But um, Kane's got bigger fights for him in mind. He wants to. Um, Finish with something big. Yeah. Well, Gulamirian's the um, the champion there, and there's yeah, there's some big fights like uh, Lawrence Acoli and, and all those sorts of dudes. So there's some mm. there's some big fights. Absolute killers in the cruiserweight division mm. right now. Yeah. yeah. What are we doing, Mickey? You done? We're closing the show. You're eating. Little... Are you eating? What are you eating? Wait, who? You. Are you eating? I'm not eating. Sounds like you're eating. No, nah, it sounds like you're scribbling on a pad. Okay. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm not scribbling on any pads, but and you're not eating. So uh, yeah. I would like to uh, uh, formally apologize for... Um, All right. For insinuating Shout out to Zencaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. And uh, Nando's. Uh, for Mickey. Yeah. 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 Um, away, so, Mickey. yeah, so we're closing the, show, closing the show with a little true or false. Four questions for everyone. Okay. So we'll start with Jai Pattaya. True or false? Is he ready for a title shot? Well, hang on. How, is he ready for a title? So he is. World, so sorry, world title shot. Yeah, yeah. So is so you'd have to say, wouldn't you? Like I don't know, it's your game. But wouldn't you have to say Jai Pattaya is ready for a world title shot? True or false? Isn't that how you'd have to frame it? Yes. Yeah. You're obviously you're the master of ceremony, but yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> try that again. Disaster. Jai Pattaya is ready for a world <laughs> title shot. True or false? I'd say true. Jade, what do you got? I um, I'm such a fan of Jai Pattaya. He's one of my favourite fighters in the country right now. He's he just he's so he's such a smooth operator. Um, he's great to watch. Given, uh, but then again, he's so young. So I, I yeah, maybe no. Nah, actually, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false because I think <laughs> no, you've said true. You've said true, and that is definitely an Australian that we can see becoming a world champion yeah, yeah, down the track. Yeah, I'm gonna say false because I think that Jaya Pattaya even though he is 18 and 0 and obviously has been in boxing for such a long time, being an Olympian at 16, he's now 24 years of age, 14 knockouts and most recently he looked really good on Fox Sports even though he didn't get the stoppage. I just think against um, those beasts who do have world titles at the moment, um, so you've got um, Bradis, uh, Dortikos and um, Gulamirian and the likes, um, even though he's ranked by three of the four governing bodies, I just don't think that he needs to be rushed into a world title shot just yet. And I don't think they're going to. Um, there are plans for him to headline another show maybe in October. Um, and then, you know, after a few more of those sorts of um, fights, maybe then he gets into um, into a world title fight. But uh, I don't think he needs to be rushed. Mm, it'll be good too to see the progression um, of Upatea on live television. 
headlining shows. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, you got another question for us, Mickey? I sure do, and I think Ben will have a lot to say on this one. Australian boxing is back on TV to stay. True or false? True. Um, Australian boxing is back on TV, which is really good. And in regards to being here to stay, well, yes, it will be because we've got so many good young boxers and we've got uh, so much talent around the country that is uh, coming through and and the sport itself is so entertaining that uh, why would it go anywhere once it gets this opportunity? So um, a lot of people are doing everything they can um, to make sure these shows are as good as they can be. And, um, yeah, let's hope that they continue to strengthen, that the talent continues to come through and that most of all there is goodwill amongst the Australian boxing public because um, really boxing in Australia just really struggles to get out of its own way. There's so much infighting and Mm, um, there's so much politicking that goes on which has really held the sport back so hopefully um people support that um the boxing gets back into the mainstream and it's going to benefit everyone in the industry um yeah and obviously um yeah yeah it was a good start the other night but it can get better and better from there strength strength in numbers everyone needs to get behind and support one another and the sport will grow there's so much talent Mm. there we do now have we do now have tv back um, we're going to be getting better fights in Australia. And the other night... And we're going to have Jade Mitchell headlining them. That, I'm genuinely excited about this. Mate, you, you think you're excited. But um, I, yeah, I can't... I can't if I, I don't get knifed between believe, now and then... I can't then. believe that I actually have this opportunity now and that I have a five-fight yeah. contract. They're all going to be televised. So, And yeah. we get, get, I'll be getting decent opponents as well. So it's exciting. But... Mm. Um, yeah, strength in numbers. Everyone's got to. Everyone's got to. Um, infighting has to yeah. stop. Trying to shoot each other down. And also, oh, I will say the production negativity really needs like, to stop as well. The production. I think the production yeah. the other night watching the show was awesome. There was no, there was no downtime. There was no nothing. Like I think you guys did an awesome job. And you even said there was a few behind the scenes, a few technical difficulties. So even that, even that is going to get better. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was hard work. It was hard work. We did, yeah, but it flowed well. I, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, well, that's good. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Well, that's good. And, that is, and yeah. it's going to get better and better and better as as we go along. Yeah, I understand there will be resentment from some people that um, certain promoters are getting shows and others aren't on TV. But um, and I understand Everyone has that. Their I can completely appreciate that. But if, if this succeeds, there's more of an opportunity going yeah. forward for others to get these opportunities yeah. as well. Like if this fails, it's mm. bad for everyone. Like even if it's not you getting these shows and not you being a part of these shows. You want them to go well because then if they go well, there's more of a chance for boxing to go well, for there to be more shows. For Like the sport needs to succeed for the sport to succeed. And I understand that, um, yeah, there can be a lot of negativity and, and I appreciate people are disappointed with certain things. And like, There are people who don't like me. There are people who don't like plenty of people involved in the whole process and I get that. But really, for boxing to succeed, this needs to go well or we're in strife. So I got, I, I'm going to do everything I can. I think- I think this is a prime example um, for Hurt Business Radio to succeed. Myself and Mickey need to tolerate you. So everyone else. Yes, that's right. Hang yeah. in there. Let's all, yeah, work, let's so. all I know. hold hands and tolerate Ben Damon together. We'll, be, we'll get through this. <laughs> <laughs> you should change your name to Tolerable right. Ben Damon. Yeah. 
well, intolerable according to certainly a few, but that's fine. Like you, we, well, we move along and, um, yeah, mainly a really good response. So, yeah, you did mention there were a few technical problems. That There was obviously a few issues um, in regards to the promotion itself, a first-time promoter, uh, Tasman really? Fighters. Um, so, you know, they were up against a lot of challenges with the, with the venue and, and all sorts of bits and pieces that made it really difficult. But, yeah, largely the reports were that it looked okay on TV. So coming off, I, d- I didn't know. I thought, oh, God, that's, this has been hard work because a lot of things did fall over. They were trialling a new system and all sorts of stuff. But then I came off and usually, you know, a few people lay the boot in, but everyone was pretty nice. Or maybe they just weren't messaging me, the people who thought that it was rubbish and that I was rubbish. But uh, largely people yeah. were like, oh, that looked good, including you blokes, and, and you're the first to, to lay the boot in. So yeah. that's nice. Saying it on here is one thing, but I would, I'd gladly sink the boots into you. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm waiting for you to fuck up so I can give it to you. <laughs> no, no, it, in all seriousness, it was awesome, man. It's exciting. What's your next question, Mickey? All right, Daniel Lewis fighting ten round fights uh, in his third fight is good for his development. True or false? Can I take this one? Yep. Can I just shut up? This is a stupid question. <laughs> of course, it's good for his development. Come on, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, you got the W. We discussed the W in detail before, and yeah, obviously, yeah. for his development, I can't yeah. wait to see him go um, that distance again. Um, so let's, and I think we'll see vast improvement. Yeah, yeah. All right, last one, and we may have touched on this already, but you can elaborate a bit more if you like. Uh, the winner of Zoo Ritchie should be in discussion to fight the winner of Horn Zarafa. True or false? True, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, with the scheduling of it all, um, uh, they're fighting around the same time. Whether it's next or, or not, um, uh, that, that's up in the air. But uh, yeah, certainly that would be a dream scenario for, for the winners of those it, two fights to, to fight. Unless Jeff Horn um, does win against Michael Zarafa and they do set up the uh, middleweight world title fight um, immediately, or if Michael Zarafa causes the upset and they can sort of make those negotiations happen. Um, I, I know initially the plan for the Horn camp was to um, fight uh, Zarafa, for, for them to win that fight and then to fight for the um, middleweight world title against um, Rob Bryant. Um, but he lost uh, in Japan. So. Yeah. So now they've got to try and negotiate with the Japanese should they win this fight, which is a slightly more difficult um, prospect because by all accounts, the Bryant fight was um, just about sealed. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah. Would he have to fight over there if he was to get that in, fight? In, in all likelihood, yeah, he'd have to go to Japan to fight Murata. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're not too keen to come to um, Brisbane. It should definitely be. It should definitely be in discussion, of course, because the best, best junior middleweight in Australia. But as Ben just touched on, Zarafa versus Horn is at middleweight, and there's a lot more on the line because Horn is sitting at number two in the world, and I think this it could possibly would this possibly mandate him for Murata? Or yeah, this Zarafa isn't Zarafa's not rated with the WBA at the moment, but anyway, he was fighting a super well time. It just seems there's there's a lot more on the line for the winner, and a lot more opportunities for the winner of Zoo. Versus uh, for for Horn versus the Rafa, than there is for uh, Richie Zoo. So. Yeah, well, Horn is um, Horn's at three with the WBA um, and four with the WBO at middleweight. Jeez, not bad. So he's right yeah. up there. Um, yeah. For big so fights. you uh, you would imagine you would imagine if Horn gets past the Rafa, you would imagine that he's not going to entertain fighting um, Zoo or Richie. 
say if Zoo gets through that fight, I, I wouldn't want to rush him too soon into another big, tough test no. against Horn. It's, you know, it's although he will have made a believer out of me. 100%. But like putting your sort of managerial hat on, you wouldn't want to rush him. You'd still want to let him develop a bit more. And the guy oh. that beat Pacquiao, so it's. You don't don't be surprised if that fight happens sooner than you expect. Really? Yeah. Which fight? Zoo Horn. Should they win these fights? And obviously that is not a given. But don't be surprised if that fight does happen. Zoo's um, team have a pair of balls on them the size of Mount Everest. <laughs> oh, mate. Huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. And, and look, props to them. And from what I understand, Tim Zoo didn't even bat an eyelid. It was Richie. It was always Richie. Yeah. Like even with his, even with his plan of who he wants to fight, it was always Richie. Yeah. But the plan after Richie was Zarafa then Horn, but Zarafa and Horn are taking care of that for themselves. So if it does happen, it happens, and more power to him. I look, don't I? I am a believer in Tim Zhu. I think his progression has been awesome, but I just think that this fight is. Had soon. Such a tough fight. Well, you've got him losing to Dwight Ritchie, so I do. don't worry about I do the Jeff Horn fight. To Dwight Ritchie. Yeah, and that's no, I not, that's that. not I because it. it's not because I don't believe in Tim Zhu. I think I think as he's been coming along, he's just getting better and better and better. And I think we've got something special on our hands. And I love that um, the Zoo name continues on, and we're basing a pay per view model off that. I don't like that they've taken the Ritchie fight, but if he does beat Ritchie, holy shit, like. We got a genuine superstar yeah. on our hands. It's it's tough when you're you're a pay per view name because you need to be in competitive fights and sometimes you get pushed along a little quicker than you'd hope. Like you look at Anthony Joshua and because there was so much star power behind him, he did get into big fights very soon because he got that title shot very early in his career. So he's already having tough fights in his twentieth fight. So yeah, you you don't want to see the same thing happen to Zoo, but it looks like it could go that way. Mm. Yeah. Mm, it's an exciting time for uh, is, the zoo name, for the Richie name, for um, Horn and Zarafa. A huge yeah. August ahead. I'd, um, I'd love to see Daniel Lewis get built up more as well because they've got that amateur background where they fought each other and um, that yeah. could be a potential rivalry, like a big yeah, well, rivalry down the track. They're very keen to, to build that rivalry, certainly. The um, the Lewis camp, um, they did fight three times, I think, Zoo and Lewis in the amateurs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Two and one, yeah. So that's right. Um, let's see if that can be made. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, all of this. And uh, for those who haven't had a chance yet, go and have a look at um, the Zoo v. Richie content that uh, Mickey and myself put together that's uh, on um, everything. I think it's on the Oz Boxing page now and main event and Fox Sports. So there's a 13-minute piece. And um, yeah, good insight into the build-up for this fight. And we'll have the Horns of Rafa bit out soon. And next week... Um, a really emotive piece uh, about Taylor Harris and Renee Gartner, who both have um, really interesting stories that will be coming out. So a, a good build-up um, socially for these two fights that will both uh, be airing cool. on the main event. Awesome. Well, I think that's it, fellas. Just cool. That's Very good. We're going to give cool. another shout-out to Everlast. Right. Go for it, Jade. HBR Everlast 20 is the promo code. Um, the offer is on until... November, I believe. And also, I want to give a shout-out to Everlast as well. Uh, the gloves actually arrived just before we went on air today for the little uh, giveaway we're doing to celebrate me me, me getting back in action for the, the James Jordan too slow. And uh, we had some doozies, so I'll be announcing the winner of that later today. 
on socials, even though no one's going to hear that now. But there's some good ones in there. Probably my favourite would have been I've had poos that take long that had poos that last longer than you against Zach Dunn. You old C-U-N-T. That was a ripper, and that, yeah. that was from my own. That is nice. That was from my own sister, for Christ's sake. <laughs> That's good. That is good. Um, yeah. Well, my takeout from this episode will be that when Mickey and I were at Madison Square Garden watching Joshua Ruiz, we could have been watching two of the great upsets. Um, in world boxing if uh, Jade Mitchell had come out and just snotted Callum One Smith round. on the undercard and then Andy Ruiz knocked out Anthony Joshua and then these two little fat fellas would have been jumping <laughs> around the ring <laughs> with all the fucking belts. Like, oh, man, that would definitely what a be that would the best night of my life. That would be up there with, with Horn Pacquiao oh, for sure. <laughs> Mate, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, that's two little fat fellas. Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, man, that would have would have been awesome. The offers have been coming. Offers I've hope will continue to come. So uh, yeah, hopefully you do see your your little fat mate up there, creating <laughs> an upset with all the belts around his thick, thick midriff. <laughs> well, I sort of danced around it, but yeah, it is yeah. exciting. TV back behind boxing. Absolutely. Oh, That's all we want to yeah, see. Boys. Good on you, mate. Congratulations on your uh, on your news as well. And Mickey, congratulations on everything. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. And, and great time so. to be a boxing fan. Well, that's it. See you guys. Thank you. All right. I'll see you later. Bye.